The tennis fundamentals, the serve, the volley, and the smash. This month we are doing tennis. And what better way to take advantage of the great weather than with a game of tennis? I have no chance in the match. He's the number one in the world and I'm playing with the metal hit. Hey Joe. Welcome back to the podcast. Yo, how we doing? Excellent. Um our new intern now producer Cole, he he suggested something about uh maybe we should do a cold open this year. I said, Hey, producer Cole, I agree, buddy. How'd that sound on the new audio system, producer Cole? Uh did not pick that up one bit. <laughs> I got lost. Yeah, I got lost. We we have a we have a video on our podcast now, and I watched Joe silently crack open. Is that a Carlsberg? Yeah, you bet it's a Carlsberg. And that's why producer Cole's the best in the business, because anything NC-17 and above, our audio system automatically cuts out. That's how we're not going to have to go back like we did last year and spend hours and hours and hours cutting out a lot of things, a lot of things that Joe Holman had said and a couple things that I had said. So thank goodness it's going to be a lot smoother this year. Oh, by the way, listeners, welcome back to season two of our podcast, but we switched the whole name to Nice Point. Quite simply, it's the most common phrase. Joe Holman told me this. I didn't know this before, but it's the most uh, common phrase that's used in both podcasts and on tennis courts. Joe, can you explain that a little bit more? So you're on the court playing with a, with a friend. You're in 11-shot, 13-shot uh -huh. rally. Somebody finally hits a winner. What do you say to your friend? Nice point, man. Hey, good point. Oh. <laughs> sometimes. And sometimes you hit the racket clap, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Sometimes you throw your racket over the fence, hit a ball into the woods. <laughs> Who knows? But then on the podcast so, side... If you're talking, you might you might uh, go on a tangent, might uh, say something that actually has some value. Hey, that's a nice point, man. Hey, nice point. Yeah, and, and maybe if you're bested in an argument, maybe once in a while you admit it. No, nah, we don't. But we other don't do times, that. yeah, you throw your microphone, you throw your racket, same thing. <laughs> we don't admit defeat on this pod. That's right, because this is Coco Golf's country now. Uh, and it does get me in the mood to start with the women's rankings. So listen, last year, uh, as the, as the sort of founder of this podcast, looking at just running the numbers back to see if we should even show our asses up again this year, the first episode was the most listened to episode. And the reason for that was because simply we used up all our favors on the first episode. We came out with a podcast. We told all our friends, they all listened to the first episode. And I think we netted like, you know, a good 50 of them to keep listening. And then it, it dwindled from there. So, so it's now become a huge nice point tradition to run down, just get settled for the season before the Australian open, the top 20 players on the women's side and the men's side, what's their deal. How are we feeling about them this year? It's kind of soothing. It's kind of like we forgot about tennis. Um, let's just let's just even get faces to names. Joe, did you miss it over the season? Were you were you did you did you appreciate the break, um, or were you fiending like the listeners were? You know, I always appreciate a little break. Uh, distance makes the heart grow fonder. It makes it so much sweeter when you come back, man. If there's a little break, I'm also like. Big college football and college basketball fan. So college football's been keeping me busy the last few months. But, but definitely yeah, nice, uh, nice to Midwest, be back on the tennis scene. Yeah, it's, it, the excitement's going to creep right in here as soon as next Monday starts and all of a sudden our group chat's going to be going off. Um, shout out, Michigan Wolverines. We're all Midwest guys. I think we can appreciate... See, I, and we're on camera now this year. We'll start to release that kind of content. I see you pumping the fist. We're not Michigan fans, none of us, but you, there's a Midwest thing, isn't there? You're excited. Midwest football, baby. Corn and potatoes. Was I got a question for, for you guys. Was Iowa-Michigan a better game than Washington-Michigan? And Iowa-Michigan in the Big Ten Championship. <laughs> oh, I guess no. it was a shutout. Oh, no. Absolutely not. <laughs> Cut this. 
in honor of Coco Goff, uh, where we so gloriously ended last season, let's let's do the women. And in case it's getting late and we cut this into two episodes, let's run down women's top twenty. Let's go through that ESPN list and do any uh, any honorable mentions, and then we'll go we'll go right back to the top of men. Sounds good. All right, fellas. Sounds like a plan. Um, I have odds. You have evens on our research. Now the rankings could have changed in the last couple of days. So if someone is unresearched, we apologize to them. I thought that same thing. Uh, but I'm, I was getting ready for this, too. but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, you were looking through. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the top number one, actually, even the top three and four has changed in the last couple of days. Now that I'm looking at it, so we will have a little excitement here. Drama in the first episode. But uh, number one is solid. And remember, folks, that these points will start to change pretty quickly over the course of the season because all of the points last one year. So all the points right now are based on last year, including last year's Australian Open. As soon as that tournament's over, that like that will flip a lot of people's fates if they did great last year or they're hurt this year, whatever. But um, number one... Uh, I think we got to call her the best player in women's tennis, Iga Swiatek from Poland. Uh, she's the pride of Poland. She, There's a little group up here at the top that we're about to talk about that it feels like anybody could win a slam at any time, and that's really how the women's is versus the men's. A lot of It's, it's a lot more uh, – there's a lot more variety and a lot more competition. But Iga has four titles. We're not going to say that about – Anybody else that we talk about, I don't think we're going to say that about, I don't think we're going to say two titles about anybody else in this top 20. Talk grand Four slam. titles. She's grand won slam two titles. slam, slam titles. Thank you for the clarification. <laughs> Four slams. Two French uh, opens in a row. Is she going for a three-peat? Mm. Uh, the pride of Poland, Iga Swiatek, number one. Not if she runs into Ostapenko, man. Remember the uh, she took Whoa, her down. Oh, not not Ostapenko already. <laughs> so, took her down at the U.S. Open last year. <laughs> oh man, yeah, Iga's uh, Iga's incredible. Obviously, she's uh, ranked number one for a reason. So, but like you said, there's uh, there's kind of a group at the top where it seems like any given day, any one of them could win. Last year, French is all she won. Uh, going into, I think this episode last season, we were like, it's all Iga and like maybe Sabalenka. She, yeah, she won the French. Um, that was it for her. Uh, what do you have on number two? So coming in uh, rank number two currently, Arena Sabalenka of Belarus, 25 years old. She is our reigning uh, Aussie Open champ. So we'll see if she can uh, repeat here in a couple of weeks. Uh, I guess it starts next week. Uh, finals in a couple of weeks. So let me let me read her 2023 slam uh, history for you here. In in the year of 2023, she won the Aussie Open, semifinals at the French Open, semifinals at Wimbledon, finals at the U.S. Open. Hell of a 2023 for Sabalenka there. I think uh, pretty much anyone uh, on tour would sign up for that if you offer that to them beginning of the season. Maybe maybe not Iga, maybe not Coco. Maybe Coco's got a couple in her this year. Um, but yeah, so heck of a 2023. You're right. No, no, no shows, no, right. no shows from Sabalenka. That's, a, that's, that's a good call. Consistency for sure. She's won, uh, 13 career WTA titles, which was like a lot, a lot more than some of the other players in the top 20. Um, she's like really fun player to watch. Super powerful, big forehand velocity. Uh, also pretty funny in her on-court interviews. And, uh, remember, uh, Indian Wells last year. Uh, Rabakina, Rabakina beat her in the finals, and uh, they kind of had like a a little like a moment in their on court interviews where there was some some uh, some spiciness. So maybe that's a, an ongoing rivalry uh, going forward here in 2024. So something to look out for. She's also following her Instagram. She's like besties with the uh, Bedosa. They're like best friends. So uh, I thought that was interesting. Love a good tennis friendship. Um, Let's see. I think that's all I've got for uh, Sabalenka. Um, but obviously, uh, a huge threat in the Grand Slams. She's she's uh, un unlikable. She, she's unhateable. Like uh, she, I, 
it'd be easy to make her out to be the villain. The Russians and the Belaruskis still have no flag next to their name here this year. She's playing against Coco Goff in the final. And like, I, I want to be a hater, but uh, she she's unhateable. Um, she's she, You're right. The, the game, <laughs> the interviews, she's really fun. She also um, dealt with uh, the yips. Oh, go ahead. That's right. She did. She yeah. yeah she's an overcomer. Right. We love that. <laughs> Face some adversity, overcame um, it, which is really tough. So yeah, good for her. And thank you, thank you for the sake of the podcast for bringing up some uh, some spring spiciness because after this Australian Open, we're, we're going to be really sort of just reaching for nonsense to talk about. So a little uh, little drama from Indian Wells. Love it. Sabalenka um, rebuking a rivalry going forward. Should be fun to watch. Did you do Rubakina research? Because I have Rubakina and Coco switching three and four here. Uh, I've got Coco at four. I've got Rubakina three. I didn't do any Rubakina research. <laughs> Neither did I. We better it... shout her out right now. <laughs> Yelena. I did my research a little bit early, and Coco dropped a, a position here. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a what do we, what do we know about Rubakina off the cuff? So, huge, another super powerful player. Huge forehand. Very fun to watch. Goes for a lot of winners. Uh, I guess that's about it. Probably her, uh, she's from Kazakhstan, right? That's who she plays for. And and she is a slam winner. She won Wimbledon two years ago. Isn't yes. that right? Yes, she is a slam winner. Yes. Shout out Rebakina. Well, what research do you have on Coco? I have a. Um, I want to do a side quest uh, on Coco Golf just because I, I I was so effervescent about her last year. Any any call outs you want to make for our hometown champion? So, town meaning the United States of America. That's all the way from uh, the Atlantic to the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> so I know. Uh, <laughs> hey, I love it, man. <laughs> I know she's your favorite player, so I'll let you uh, talk about her mostly. I do just want to mention uh she's still 19 years old she's a teenager and uh has a slam in her back pocket u.s open so man can't wait to watch her for the next like decade and a half two decades i didn't want to google this in a creepy way but i was trying to get some facts to be a podcast host she in her instagram she looks like she is growing and she probably still is she looks taller bigger faster stronger so maybe someone will speak to that uh a little bit once once we get all our favorite uh commentators on tv and she's playing next week um i wanted to do a quick moment in honor of the championship for brad gilbert her coach uh cool uh dorky american fellow former player so brad gilbert shout out he is behind a lot of Andre Agassi's titles as the coach. He's behind most recent American male slam. He was Andy Roddick's coach back at the turn of the century. And at least what Wikipedia thought worthy of calling out, um, this is his first female coaching role. Uh, there was sort of a list of players that he had coached here and there. Um, you know, successful and and not as much, but Coco was was his first foray into coaching just a teen girl. I would not a not yet a woman, not yet a woman, as Britney Spears would say. Uh, and how fantastic it went! I think American tennis has a lot to owe to Brad Gilbert. So, I mean, we're pumped about Coco in this team. I, we'll see what happens on the hard court. Yeah, um, and uh, coming remember, up here, don't even want to belabor it. Just to uh, let's contribute to the uh, side quest here. Remember, Brad Gilbert was doing double duty at the U.S. Open, coaching Coco, and then doing the ESPN broadcast. That was wild, man. Hell I've yeah, never, never seen that in a sport before. Speaking on tennis, it's like an afterthought. We all went to our day jobs today. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> To our <laughs> listeners, you can do it too. Do, do it. Start do your it own after podcast. work. <laughs> Who cares? Just talk so, about it. I've got one more interesting tidbit on Coco. So back in 2022, there was an internet debate about whether there are more doors or more wheels in the world. 
And Coco weighed in. I actually remember seeing an interview where she was asked about this, but she tweeted back in 2022, there are more wheels and doors, literally not even a debate. Goodbye. So how about that? (laughs) (laughs) She let the haters know. An SUV has six doors and four wheels. I would love to hear uh, like an explanation of, uh, of her theory there. That's pretty wild. I, I like thought about it for like 10 minutes after I read that. And like, I, I have no idea ten, what side I'd be on. 10 minutes. Don't be modest. I know that <laughs> took out your whole weekend. <laughs> Watching football, just thinking about looking at all the doors in the stadium. <laughs> Think about all the old European towns with very few cars. That's right. But now a bunch thinking. of little castles and manors that also have trap doors within them. So doors on doors. We got to bath- count the trap doors, right? We got bathroom doors, we got kitchen doors, got basement doors, elevator doors. Subscribe to our Patreon to get into that. <laughs> Am I up at number five? Yeah. I, I lost track with, with the switcheroo from Rubakana to Coco. Um, I'm going to do number five with Jess Pagula. Does that sound right to you? We're going to get back on track? That's what I've got. Yep. Great. Um, another American. Hey, Jess. Uh, Buffalo Bills. Kind of in a... Shaky territory this year. I'm sure they'll make a little run. So in her offseason, Jess Pagula was named to Forbes 30 under 30. Now, listen, they don't only do 30 anymore. They do it by category. So she was in the athletics category 30 under 30. She's 29. Um, I'm now 30, so I wouldn't. I didn't technically qualify. Um, and she was she was named as 30 under 30 because she's winning both on and off the court. It's a lot of winning, Joe, if you add that up on mm. and off. Um, she's got a skincare line, Ready24. She is part of the Asian American Pacific Islander Tennis Association. Joe, I did not even have any idea that that was part of her identity. Leave it to the old melting pot, the United States. Um, and she is a big part of like the uh, the, the Players Union uh, blog or, or, or website or um, where athletes sort of like put out their things other than what they're able to put out there on the, on the court, on the field and spoke to, uh, basically her, her mom having the same like cardiac arrest issue that, uh, Hamlin did from the Buffalo bills. So she's out there. She's kind of, she's kind of like, uh, playing a statesman role for tennis, for women's tennis, for American tennis. Um, all good things to say about Jess Pagula. Girl, though, when you're 40 under 40, can you make it to a semifinal this year? Only quarterfinals ever for Jess. Mm-hmm. I think she's going to break number through five. this year. She wins a lot. You she do? T- you want to make it a prediction? I think she's breaking through this year. Yeah. I'm okay. feeling, I'm feeling I like the U.S. Open this year. All right. <laughs> big, big Scorsese energy. From Pagula, only one Oscar for Scorsese. You'd think, you know, all the all these all these decades racking up those Oscar noms, he'd have more. Mm. Would you say Pagula is is that strike you as automatically an Italian name? I know it ends in a vowel, but it's not the most Italian I've ever heard. I it would be though, surprised right? if that wasn't one of the character names in Goodfellas when they're walking around the bar and it's like the Tommy two time or whatever. He says everything twice. Gotta go. Gotta go. Quarterfinal Pagula. <laughs> Maybe semifinal Pagula come uh, September. Come on, Jess. Who do you got at number six? Six, I've got Ans Jabur, who's uh, from yeah, Tunisia. Sure. Uh, possibly the best nickname in all of sports, the Minister of Happiness. She was, uh, as we know, featured prominently on uh, Netflix's Breakpoint. 
which is it's kind of it's kind of when I fell in love with her as a player, like and, and as a person. Uh just to like su- seems like super nice, super down to earth. Um obviously ranked number six in the world, so a heck of a tennis player. Uh so she is the first woman from Africa to play in a finals of a Grand Slam in singles. So pretty big accomplishment there. Also, uh, the highest ranked player from Africa in WTA and ATP rankings history. So how about that? She She's a former world number two. So number six now, but former world number two. So heck of a player. Uh, the the drop shot queen as well. Loves the, uh, loves the drop shot. Very crafty player. Um, and as we know from Breakpoint, my interesting tidbit for her is her husband's part of her team, and she her uh, her husband's been her fitness coach since 2017. So, kind of a family affair here on tour. Gotta love that. They're absolute couples goals. He, he's so supportive. <laughs> he's nice. He's handsome, but not in an intimidating way. Yeah, they they yeah they're super cute. Um, I think she's not only the first woman from Africa to go to a Grand Slam final. I think I think she's been to three or four. Yeah, she's been to several. And has not cleaned one up yet. Yeah, I, <laughs> this is just going to be a predictions all day. I think she's breaking through this year as well. Maybe Wimbledon. <sighs> oh, very generous, Joe. Generous, Joe. That's how you can, guys can keep us apart. <laughs> Quarterfinal Pergula. At number seven. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> hate to roast the Americans on episode one, but we got to get the listeners intrigued and fighting. Um, I'm, I'm a fan of her. I think she's breaking through, baby. But on to number seven. Marketa Vondrasova. Oh, she's a slam winner from 2023. She is your defending Wimbledon winner. Uh, you might not have known her name before. You might not have remembered it now. Here she is sitting down at number seven. Um, she's pretty mellow. She, she likes to stay behind the scenes. Although I will say the Czech Republic is about to sort of go on a quick little run here as we go through a couple of these rankings. So shout out to the Czech Republic, the Wimbledon, uh, defending champion, um, only other call outs, Marketa, that's kind of a pretty name. If you live in Eastern Europe, you know, as far as some of the international names go that we, that we read, if, if I'm naming a kid in another country, Marketa's nice. And, um, if you're a fan of the ink, Hallman, mm. no tattoos, mm. Cole, I feel like you're tatted for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Cole's uh Cole's tatted producer Cole's tatted a little bit and it, and anybody who's tatted will get tatted more. Um Marketa Vondrasova is <laughs> pretty much decked out down the arms and I did a little bit of extra research to, to give some insight on on what's happening cuz they won't sort of linger on it on the telecast cuz she's serving and whatnot. She's got things like this. Flowers little uh like pictures of fairies she's also got dice and she's got a triple seven so nothing too original nothing you'd have to like ask her to explain it but there's a little bit of like a like a game of chance theme here uh she likes games she likes uh she likes high rolling here at number seven that's my ode to marketa vandrasova I believe uh, her and her coach got matching tattoos after she won Wimbledon as well. So, yeah, how about that? And I think, was it her husband that uh, he didn't come to watch her in person until she made, like, the semis or the finals because he was at home dog-sitting or something like that? Do I remember that correctly? I don't remember that story, but they're they're a very practical people in Eastern Europe. Overgeneralization, cut it out. So number eight, they tell you the same. (laughs) Number eight, I've got Maria Sakkari from Greece, twenty-eight years old. uh, Career high ranking is number three, which is tied uh, for the highest ranked Greek player in history with Tsitsipas. Um, So this was interesting. She's obviously number eight, been a fixture in the top ten for a while. Only has two career WTA titles. Um, which includes in a, th- a 1,000 event at Guadalajara, but I thought that was pretty interesting. She's only won two tournaments. 
their entire career. Um, did play in the semis of the 2021 French Open and the 2021 U.S. Open. Uh, first Greek woman to reach the semis of a major. How about that? Uh, and, of course, she was also featured on Netflix's Breakpoint, which uh, we all loved, or at least I loved. Um, and my interesting tidbit for her, she's currently dating the son of the Greek prime minister. Oh, that's a great one. <laughs> That's pretty good. I thought that was interesting. And I was gonna, I was wondering if she was feeling spurned by Sisypos and Bedosa, but she, but I think she leveled up on that one, wouldn't you say? That's uh, I'm sure she gets invited to a lot of nice parties, knowing the or dating the uh, prime minister's son for sure. Have to see uh, if he's as good looking as Sisypos. Yeah, I think to do a quick aside here, Joe, on some of these players. It depends what philosophy you believe in. Ans Jabur is a really good example, and, and Sakari is. Is it valuable to be knocking on the door, going to a lot of finals, and just not getting it done, but you're, you're, you're getting closer each time? Or is that seeing someone get there a couple times and not close it, does that make you want to dismiss them? Where do you fall on that? Mm, that's interesting. I mean, I have respect for people that are, you know, in the top 10 for a long stretch. Like if you're, if you're like in the top 10 for four years straight, even if you'd never won a a slam, I feel like that's pretty impressive. I don't know. I don't know. It's a great question. Like at the end of your career, would you trade a hundred weeks in the top 10 for a grand slam? Probably now that I say that out loud, probably be pretty cool to win a a slam. (laughs) But I mean. I don't know. From a money perspective, prize money, that's interesting too. I don't know which would be more lucrative. You should go into politics, Joe. <laughs> Number nine, Carolina Mukova. Uh, we're back in the Czech Republic, and uh, Mukova, uh, she played in a final last year. I think she played in the French final, and she lost to Iga. Um, not that this episode's about the Australian. This is the introduction episode to the whole season, but because the spring is so long, I'll skip past this pretty quick because she is injured. She's not going to play the Australian. Mm. Number nine, uh, taking a sit. So at number 10. Go ahead and hit number 10. Yeah, number 10, we got Barbara Krachikova of the Czech Republic, 28 years Get old. Get back. Czech Republic tennis man on the up and up Uh, so she won the French Open in 2021 which I didn't have much of a memory of so I looked up the highlight Uh, (laughs) it must have been uh, like a COVID thing was still going on in 2021 because the stands were like half full so I I wonder if there was still some COVID stuff going on Uh, but I like to I have no memory of that final at all but yeah French Open champion in 2021 um, in doubles, she's won all four slams. So she's uh, hit the career slam in doubles, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> won the That's w- a good one. Yeah, won the WTA finals in 2021. Uh, also won a gold medal in doubles at the 2020 Olympics. So I thought that was interesting. But yeah, she... Oh, uh, the listeners. I mean, we're, we're, we are set up for quite a season with uh, Olympics and challengers coming out. Yeah, should be a good one. Should be a good one, man. Yeah. So. Critique of us, somebody to watch in 2024. All right. Beatrice Haddad Maya, BHM. You know what I was thinking, Joe? More like BDE. Oh, man. Because BHM, she's tough. She is sort of infamously a come from behind player. She's a gamer. She's t- she 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 does not uh, let her teeth off of any match. Um, she's twenty seven. She's getting up there. Listen, I hit thirty this year. I feel it. BHM. Um, she's won the WTA WTA Elite title twice. She has beaten a lot of top players. She has won a lot of big matches. Um, she hasn't made it 
around to those, uh, you know, last couple players in a slam, but you don't want to run into her in a bracket. I'll make a pretty easy prediction. A top five seed goes down to uh, to BHM, BDE in a slam this year, and it, it probably will happen a couple times, but she's, she's going to, uh, she's a, a little bit of a slayer. Giant Slayer for sure. Yeah, I feel like she had some yeah. big, big upsets in uh, 2023. So, yeah, good call. So, number 12, here we go. Yelena Ostapenko of Latvia, man. <laughs> One of my favorite players on tour. We've dubbed her the a Latvia. top three player of your. <laughs> come, come on. It's becoming a. It's 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 maybe your favorite player. Yeah. Oh, she's up there for sure. I, if the listeners, uh, remember from last year i feel like every slam i picked her as like my sleeper pick <laughs> uh we dubbed her the latvian hammer on the pod last year so uh definitely a power player big forehand big backhand too she's like uh the type of player which i enjoy watching is like a big hitter like goes for winners on like every shot so she she hits a lot of winners but has a lot of unforced errors as well but she gets out of points pretty quickly. Usually not a lot, a lot of long rallies, but I, I enjoy watching that style and that style, like she can beat anyone any given day. If she's, if she's on, if she's hitting the balls in, uh, just cause like it's, she's going to hit a lot of winners if she's hitting balls in. And, uh, we saw that when she took down Iga at the U S open last year. So that was, I think that was one of my best tennis memories of 2023. I'm, I'm going to, Cole, can you keep a counter on how many times I bring that up on this pod? <laughs> I I think no, you the the sort of like uh just high risk, high reward tennis that you're talking about, I think played out at the US Open pretty starkly because I, I think she played Iga and won. I think I watched her play Coco with with that it like as the headline, like oh, she just went through Iga, and now she's gonna play Coco. And I think it if you had only watched the Coco match, you'd be like, who the, you'd be like, who the hell is this? She looks terrible. If she's missing the shots and she's, you know, not hitting her serve, it's like she, it, it, it's, there's a crazy, uh, uh, like, um, both ends of the spectrum element to it where she's, she's either unbeatable or just reckless, right? Yeah, definitely, for sure. Definitely high risk, high reward, like you said, which I find entertaining. All right, I looked up these uh, these rank. I, I did my research for this like about a weekend ago. Okay, I, I'm a last minute guy. <laughs> where where are we on 13? Do you so have 13? I got Keen Wen Jiang. Do you have the research on Jiang? No. Because Me she neither. Thirteen. <laughs> Damn. A lot of order. Yeah, that's. I've got Mad- I've got Madison Keys at thirteen, and she's down to eighteen. Yeah, I got her at eighteen. Boy, oh boy! Let's go through the numbers properly. Um, so I've got Samsonova at Je- fourteen. Je- but yeah, we we talk Well, don't Jang. skip to Samsonova. Yeah. But yeah, how's how's Zhang? So I am not super familiar with Zhang, to be honest with you. Let me pull up her. Uh, her career history here i mean i mean let's let's give her the cred she's the the leading chinese uh player and let's call let's expand that out and say she's she's the highest ranked asian player 2022 wta newcomer of the year so she was in the quarterfinals of us open last year how about that And she's here just she tw- comes. She's just 21. So yeah, definitely here she comes for sure. She's going to have a great career. We might have both just found a uh well, it wouldn't be an extra one to watch cuz she's here in the top 20, but uh You know what? Patreon, si- you know, something we'll look up later. Like where was she ranked like at the beginning of la- of our of last year's first episode. Mm. Did she, did she just fight through it last year and nobody noticed? Um, we got to get on, on Zhang. I have San, 
Samsonova as just a big serve. What do you have on her? At 14, yeah, I've got, yeah, Ludmilla Samsonova from Russia. Um, interestingly, she represented Italy from 2014 to 2018. So she was born in she Russia. Dated, she dated the coach from there. Oh, interesting. I missed that yeah. on, the, on the research. But she was born in Russia, uh, but her family moved to Italy when she was one year old because her father, uh, who was a table tennis player, was offered a spot on a table tennis club in Turin, which I thought was very interesting. You don't say no. <laughs> She's fluent in Italian, Russian, and English. Her current boyfriend was like a coach or a player that she met playing there. He's not the coach anymore, but he's still around on, on Instagram. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Samsonova. Uh, so who's got Kasakina? I had her at 15, so I, I thought you would have her. I don't, I don't have her. What do we know about her? Off the cuff. Another. Uh, I'm going to pull up her uh, career history as well. I'm, I'll say this. I think she's lower than when we talked about this last year. Yeah. That's all I, think, I can remember. I think you're right. She make a run at Wimbledon last year. Court, oh, I'm sorry. No. Fourth round of the U.S. Open last year. We're careening down the edge of the top 20s because now we're at Veronica Kadermatova. Yes, I had her at 16, yeah. 26 years old the, from Russia, uh, career high ranking of number nine, which occurred late in 2022. Uh, she's won two WTA titles, uh, won the 2023, uh, I think, I'm sorry, I think Tokyo Open. I might be wrong about that. Uh, it's not your fault. The Russians are blending together down here. <laughs> Ladies, someone's got to establish yourself. I know, and I know there's other great uh, Russian players up here that we talked about earlier, but, but someone make a stand in this group. That's not my prediction. That's my like call to action between Samsonova and Kasakina and Kadermatova. Okay. Well, maybe, uh, maybe that's what we'll see here in 2024. Somebody making a run into the top five. Czech Republic is back on the board with Petra Kvitova. Ladies and gentlemen, congratulations to her for being here in the first episode at number 17, but I don't think we'll see as much of her this year. She's pregnant. I didn't she realize will, uh, I saw that she's not playing yeah. in the Aussie Open. I didn't realize she was pregnant. Congratulations, Petra. Congratulations, Petra. So she'll take a tournament or two off here. Um... Her motto, like her personal brand, um, is courage, belief, podged, P-O-J-D. So this is a great example where it sounds silly, but actually she's smarter than us because she speaks multiple languages. So anybody who's bilingual who can appreciate this, uh, can figure out what courage belief podged means. How about having a laugh at people who know more languages than us? Podged, it's a silly word. So we don't know what that means. It roughly translates to come on, like oh. courage, belief. Come on. <laughs> I'm going to start yelling that on the court. Man. When I hit like it's, one good shot. I imagine shot it's really... the Czech equivalent of si se puede from <laughs> Cheetah Girls. <laughs> Joe liked that one. That's great. Oh man, that's like, uh, yeah, like in French. Girls. I believe uh, "allé" is the thing to yell on the tennis court. "Allé," which I, I think roughly translates to "come on." So I've got Madison. Keys Same with eight, eighteen. Uh, is that what you've got, Joe? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. Okay. <laughs> so Madison Keys, twenty-eight years old. Obviously, American player, born and raised Rock Island, Illinois, right on the Iowa border, baby. Midwest girl, love it. Iowa border pride, the border <laughs> pride for the states. Yes. Uh, so she's got seven career WTA titles, including uh, Cincy in 2019. Uh, so she turned pro on her 14th birthday. I can't believe that. I mean, 
I was I was eating Cheetos playing video games on my 14th birthday. Um, at age 14 years and 48 days, she became the seventh youngest player ever to win a WTA match, and the youngest since Martina Hingis in 1994. Uh, she she is a finalist at the U.S. Open back in 2017 when she played a fellow American and good friend Sloane Stevens. Uh, she's another player kind of similar to Ostapenko who hits, tries to hit a lot of winners, gets out of points very quickly, short rallies. Uh, it can be susceptible to the unforced errors when you're going for winners, but I think that's what, what keeps us entertained, part of the excitement of watching her. But I believe she also pulled out of the Aussie Open this year due to shoulder injury, so that's a bummer. Hopefully she comes back strong yeah, from I that think, injury. I hope so, too. I, I, I think she she's still a pretty big threat uh, on the tour. Um, she's kind of a badass. I think something that intrigues me about her is I almost, I get a read from her. You know, there's certain players that like don't have that X factor that you think when they go up against Alcaraz and Nadal and Djokovic, like they're just kind of going to fold and not like not rise to the big moment because they don't have the ice in their veins. There's certain players that I almost wonder if they have too much ice and they seem completely unfazed by the moment. And you almost see him sort of like squ- like squander a big point without seeing that same like rattled cage emotion of, of the big mo. Or they're just, they almost just treat it like every other point, which you should when you play. Mm. This is what I get from Keys a little bit. I, I wonder if you've ever noticed that or, or let me know if you see it this season. Um, Sissipas is actually another player I see like this. You've seen this. You, I'm, I'll, I'll, it's I'll resonating an, with you. I'll keep an eye out for it this season. I, I've not noticed that. So you're saying like almost too low key, too even keel at times. Just like you know, you know what they say: short memory, right? Don't get in right. your head. Play the next point, and it's almost like, oh, I'm in a tie. I'm in a tie break, and I'm up three two. Just play the next point, then I like lose three points in a row. I have, I have not noticed that, but I, I definitely will keep an eye out for it this year. Belinda Bencic, number 19, also pregnant. Congratulations, Belinda, but Congrats. more months off for her. One quick call out for Belinda. Um, her impregnator, her partner, a bald king. Hey, shout We'd out. We'd love to see it. Get the, get the video content on. <laughs> get the video content on for me and producer Cole. All right. Number 20. This would have been like number four or five last year. Yeah. Caroline Garcia, France. So she's 30 years old now, which I kind of was surprised by that. I, I would have guessed she was like maybe like 26. Uh, so she was a career high ranking of number four uh, back. Like, like Joe said in 2022, uh, also back in 2018. Um, she's got 11 career titles, including three 1,000-level events. Uh, best finish in a slam was the semis at the U.S. Open in 2022. Um, so she's like, as far as these top 20 players, I think she's the oldest we've mentioned so far. Um, mm. So she's kind of, yeah, the uh, the grizzly veteran out there now, which just kind of blows my mind. Time flies. But, uh Yeah. She's still obviously still in the top 20, so still playing at a high level. And she actually, so like I mentioned, I thought this was interesting. So she was like top five in 2018 and then kind of had a rough patch, actually fell out of the top 70 in 2021 and then battled back into uh, into the top five in 2022. <laughs> battled back, baby. So that rounds out the top 20. Um, these are your players. These are your threats as we head into the official season. Recently, though, to, to zero in on the United States, um, a recent Instagram post broke the internet from ESPN. Bill Connolly released his list of the top 10 men's and women's players. Honestly, as big it's as big as the nice point rebrand um so i checked it out bill Connolly, he's just a random espn writer um no like i was i was like oh this is probably a guy that won like some slams back in the 80s no he's he's just a guy but they they put some nice dressing on it and put out the uh top 
men's and women's American tennis player rankings. Um, and it made huge waves uh, in our group chat and probably not that much else. Thank you to our listeners who care about tennis. So let's take a moment now that we've gone through the top uh, 20 WTA to just quickly check in on his list just to highlight some extra Americans. Um, Coco is number one. No surprise there. Uh, number two is going to be um, Pagula. Number three is Madison Keys. Number four, we were shocked, even though we've done a podcast for one year and one half of an episode, to find that we did not know this player. Joe, what'd you find? Right. Shocked to say the least. Uh, coming in at number four, Emma Navarro. Uh, I had, was not familiar with her before a week ago. So, yeah, good for her. 22 years old, up-and-coming player. She's ranked 31 currently, so we should have been aware of her. That's also her career high ranking. So she is yet to win a WTA title, uh, has won several ITF titles. She was the NCAA Women's Singles Champion uh, as a freshman at the University of Virginia in 2021. Hell yeah. Yeah. So we love college tennis on this pod, baby. Let's go. Uh, she got to the yeah, second. We keep, we keep an eye on the pipeline. That's right, baby. <laughs> uh, so she was made it to the second round of the French Open in 2023. And we'll be making her Aussie Open debut next week. So, good luck to her. Interesting tidbit. She's the daughter of billionaire businessman Ben Navarro, who I have also never heard of. That was that was billion with a B. <laughs> wow. Uh, as soon as she wins one single set, we'll become huge fans. And, and we'll be clamoring on the pod. Uh, for Emma Navarro, Jen Brady at number five. Joe, I know you're a fan. Uh, she was a finalist. I think she lost to Naomi Osaka in a in a final. Um, I think she battled some injuries last season. So mm -hmm. Bill Connolly's got a, a lot of faith in her uh, her future. Love Jen Brady. Huge fan. Big forehand hitter. Just a great form on her forehand. Super fun to watch. She's also very funny in interviews. So yeah, glad to see her back after pretty long hiatus due to injury. Just to put some of this uh, this top ten list in context, like how much uh, maneuvering Bill Connolly's doing. Her current WTA rank is ninety seven. So just just I mean, obviously Joe and I could put together a list of the top Polish players and just filter by country on the WTA website. But he's he's making some calls. He's putting Jen Brady. 97 up at number five. Um, I'll, I can pull up the rankings I wrote down for, for my other players uh, and I can pull up how much that jumps other players, but who's number six. I'm going to guess it's, um, is it Sophia Kennan? It's Danielle Collins, who I'm also a huge fan of. So I'm she's Danielle Collins. She recently turned 30. She's 30 years old now. Uh, currently ranked 54, I believe. And she has a career high of number, number seven. So she's been up there in the top 10. Um, two career WTA titles, 2021 uh, Palermo Open and the 2021 Silicon Valley Classic. Um, she has played in the finals of the Aussie Open back in 2022. She lost to Ash Barty in the finals. So she's, she's made some runs in uh, at, at least that one run in, in a major. She's played in the uh, quarterfinals of the French Open in 2020. Uh, she's also like a really good personality, super funny in interviews. I'm a big fan of her. Um, so she cracked her first major semifinal was in 2019, also at the Aussie open. So she's had some, some good runs at the Aussie open. Hopefully she's looking good next week. Um, she played college tennis. She, her, her freshman year went to Florida and then transferred to Virginia and she was uh two time portal yeah, <laughs> before, before the portal, baby. Two-time NCAA champion in singles, 2014 and 2016. Her sophomore and senior years, that's right, she did stay for four years. You heard that correctly. Don't see that very often anymore. Um, she also, I thought this was interesting, she grew up in Florida, went to IMG Academy. Joe, I don't know if you're familiar with IMG. It's like a, a sports factory. Like It churns out like several uh, D1 football and basketball players every year. So. Thought that was interesting that she went there. 
Um, and for my interesting tidbit for her, uh, she had, I, I saw her post this on Instagram of last year's Aussie Open, and I tried to like look into it uh, as I was prepping for this episode. So she had like a cooking show like last uh, like January and February 2023 called Cooking with Collins. Okay. And, like I, she wanted to keep it going. Oh. I, I watched like part of an episode. She was like, "Hopefully this this uh, becomes a recurring thing." But I'm not sure if it ever did. But <laughs> she would like <laughs> she would post a lot of her uh, like cooking uh, videos like on her Instagram story. I thought it was pretty pretty cool. I love seeing athletes uh, like do things like seeing what kind of hobbies they have and stuff like that. So that's all I've got for Dan. It's very supportive. <laughs> That's all. That's all. Nothing more than that. It's very supportive of you. Um, I have, you're right. I have Sophia Kennan down here on Bill Connolly's list at number seven. She's ranked all the way up at 37 still. Um, she didn't have a great season last season, but guess what? She has won the Australian Open Aussie in Open 2020, chair. right before the pandemic. So right. no asterisks on this, no baloney. Uh, uh, like when they played in the French Open in 2021 and it was all dark and there was no fans. Um, and Djokovic was anti-vaxxed. Um, no, yeah, she, she is basically part of the post Williams collective of American winners. Uh, Sloan Stevens was the first to break through. And then Sophia Kennan surprised us here in 2020 and then Coco. So, um, yeah, um, maybe on the, on the BHM BDE route, like, I don't know if Sophia Kennan, you know, she's sitting here at number seven on the Bill Connolly list, all the way down at 37 on the WTA. Not somebody you want to run into in this second round of the Australian Open. Right. She's been to the mountaintop. Probably not someone you want to see in the early rounds for sure. But she, uh, I think you have some, I think you have in one, one of the, one of the triumvirate here at number eight, but no, go ahead on Sophia Kennan. I was, the last thing I was going to say was uh, she kind of fell off a little bit after winning the Aussie Open and like really struggled. And she's kind of yes. battled, battled back into the top 40 now. So good for her. Love to see that. Overcoming adversity, baby. But yes, number eight. She, she could scare you. <laughs> number eight, Sloane Stevens. She is now 30 years old, uh, currently ranked 43. She's got a career high ranking of three. So obviously uh, one of the top players at one point in time and maybe still is. Uh, she's got seven career WTA titles, which includes 2017 U.S. Open Championship. She beat Madison Keys in the finals. Uh, she's played in the finals of the French Open in 2018, and the uh, been to Aussie Open semifinals in 2013, been to a Wimbledon quarterfinals in 2013. So she's been around for a long time. Notice uh, back in 2013, she was doing well in majors. So yeah, she's uh, been around for a while. Been a fixture in the you know top 20, top 30 range, uh, and and been in the top five. Um, so she was just 19 years old when she made her semifinal run in 2013 at the Aussie Open, which I thought was interesting. Beat Serena Williams on that run. And that ended a 20-match win streak for Serena. Uh, Stevens was an 11-1 11, 11 underdog in that match. Uh, Serena was number three at the time, and it was also uh, uh, Sloan Stevens' first top 10 win of her career. So. Nice run there back in 2013. And my interesting tidbit on her, married to former U.S. soccer great Josie Altador. I don't know if Hell you're, yeah. uh, she, you're no, a she, U.S. Her, soccer her, fan. Uh, I don't know if she's, you know, uh, starting to just graduate into the lifestyle era of her life versus us kind of watching her in the bracket, but... um. Yeah, her and Josie Altidore, adorable. Fashion game, typically both on and off the court, um, amazing. Sloan Stevens, uh, yeah, keeps it really, really fresh. For she's sure. super cool. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Yeah, she's great. Number nine, ching, ching, ching. Producer Cole put that in later. Payday, Peyton Stearns. Hook them. This team in Texas couldn't even beat Michael Penis from Washington. And I watched last night and 
Washington is not good. And oh, uh, wow. the Texas football team couldn't, the Texas football team could not get it done. But guess who could? Peyton Stearns <laughs> from the University of Texas at Austin. Uh, she was the 2023 uh, singles champion uh, that we, we kept our eye on last year a little bit. She's all the way up to 49. She won, I think, one or two matches right after her graduation um in the US Open. I I think she might have I think she might have won two rounds there. I remember which is really her. badass. Yeah. Remember Exciting for Peyton US Stearns. Open. Yeah, definitely. So at 10 I've got Ashlyn Kruger. I gotta be honest with you, I was not familiar with her either. So she's just 19 years old. Currently ranked 78, has a high of 73, which was late in 2023. Um so she has yet to get out of the qualies at the Aussie Open, French Open, or Wimbledon. She did make it to, she played in the first round at the U.S. Open the last three years, I'm guessing, as a wild card. Uh, but she'll be, she'll be at the Aussie Open this year, so good luck to Ashlyn Kruger. Up and coming, very, very young U.S. player. Um, I want to do two quick U.S. call-outs. Uh, again, w- when I first started bringing up us, making sure we say the rankings each time, was with Jen Brady at 97. So 90, from what we just said, 6 through 10, I think they were all, like, many of them higher yeah, I think than 97. So. so Bill Connolly has a lot of belief in Jen Brady. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. And I don't have much more to say before we go to other players uh, than just a quick Taylor Townsend shout out. I think she will win more slam matches than at least somebody on this list. Probably a few people on this list. Love that. Love that call. Big Taylor Townsend fan. Um, okay. This is the, uh, this segment is called hold that door, hold that door. It's called we all we went all the way through twenty players. We went through Bill Connolly's list. Who who didn't whose name has not been said on this episode that that needs to be said on the women's side? Ooh, okay. We're talking like uh, players to watch for twenty twenty four. Are we? It's the first episode of the year. It doesn't have to dig deep, but but <laughs> but if you're not on the first episode, we're not doing our job. My. My uh, obvious one is Naomi Osaka. Welcome back. Excellent. Love that. Joe. Congratulations. Candid moment. What are you expecting? Hell yeah. And yeah. Corday, what are you expecting from her this year? On- honest. I think she's going she's gonna to come back uh, very strong, honestly. I think she's going to have a really nice year. I, uh, so she, is she playing? Oh, she's not playing the Aussie Open, is she? Or is she? She definitely is. She is. Okay. So uh yeah. I'm, I'm I'm expecting her to have a nice season. I feel like when you're like when you're that good of an athlete, like your mentality just like they just hate losing. Like the top athletes in the world just can't stand losing. Like I feel like that's gonna kick in. Super competitive. Like I think she's gonna win a lot of matches. So my uh my pick here, Emma Raducanu. Of the UK. So obviously she won the US Hell Open yeah. a couple of years ago over uh, Layla Fernandez, who they were both teenagers at the time playing in the US Open finals. But she's uh, dealt with injuries for like, you know, the last two seasons. She's had leg injuries, ankle injuries, back injuries, and wrist injuries. Uh, but she's back and she's playing. Uh, I think uh, she's ranked uh, outside of the top 300 right now. But obviously, career high of number ten. So she's in U.S. Open champion. Wow. So yeah, she's been to the mountaintop. So hopefully, we see some good things from her this year. Always, uh, always love to see people come back strong from injury. All right, my last hold that door, hold that door is uh, I've talked about her on the podcast before. She might be coming another uh, unhateable enemy. <laughs> Mira Andreeva from Russia. Mira Andreeva is, let me get the age right uh, really quick. She's 16 years old. Jeez, Louise. And she, let me tell you what, 
She's cute as a button. She looks even littler than 16. But underneath the surface, Joe, she is straight out of the deepest, deepest parts of the Kremlin. She is scary, and she will beat your ass in any tennis match that she can possibly win. She has a real dichotomy of being like a sort of like a little uh, moody teenager and just being like so intimidating. Total Bond villain, uh, Mira Andreeva. I'm a reluctant, huge fan. I think she'll be like a, a huge star of like in the next five to ten years for sure. Obviously, a pretty good player, pretty darn good player, and only sixteen. She's got the personality, the swagger, so the media's gonna love her. She's like a immediate darling already. Uh, very entertaining in interviews. So yeah, she'll be a major player for next decade plus. Hey, did you see Ostapenko screaming at the umpire? I didn't, but I'm not surprised, and I love it. Good for her. Don't let them. Yeah, hey, there's a let pr- them know if they're not doing their job. Let them know, man. I'm all about uh, holding the umpires and referees accountable. <laughs> <laughs> is officiating getting worse i've watched a lot of football this year i think it's getting worse man wow at, at least in football that's that sounds crotchety that sounds that sounds like There's, you're getting old they're they're getting they're putting too many rules in. they got way too many things to look at and it's getting worse man the tennis fundamentals the serve the volley and the smash this month we are doing tennis what better way to take advantage of the great weather than with a game of tennis? I have no chance in the match. He's the number one in the world, and I'm playing with the metal hit. 